There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. The choice of a lawyer is important and shouldn't be based on an ad. After a serious car accident, people have two questions. Why me and what now? Well, no one knows why you, but I'm Terry Crouppen, and my law firm Brown & Crouppen sure can help with the what now. Car repairs, medical bills, lost wages, pain and suffering. We're Brown & Crouppen, and we've got all those answers. All you have to do is call. 222-2222. Wednesday, perhaps the sickest one today. This is the Ryan Kelly Morning After from the Michelob Ultra Studios. Timothy Michael Kearney, Douglas Elvin Vaughn, Kenneth Higgistro, the Plowhawk Action, Jackson and KG and O-Town with you on the radio program. Come on in, friends. Uh, the water is indeed warm on today's show. A designer heating and cooling email today is the place that you can compete with Kevin Miller, Buck Swope, Brian Henschen, and Tiger Terry. All coming your way uh, on the design air heating and cooling email of the day and compete with all the listeners. Try to dethrone June champion Buzz for the TMA Lister of the Month, which is presented to you by Milagro Tequila. Welcome to a brighter side of tequila with Milagro. Ah, yes. Milagro. Milagro. Think about that. Sure. What do you think about it? Sure. Well, for me, it's a little early to be hitting tequila, but I know yeah. at night time tonight, a lot of people will will be. That'll be quite a treat. Oh yeah, absolutely. Are you a tequila yeah, drinker? Oh yeah, I've actually I've transitioned more. Like if I'm going to be drinking hard liquor, it's going to be tequila. Huh? There used to be a segment of right? Casey. Yeah. Uh, like every Friday morning with Learn and uh, you men. Learn. Eight fifteen a.m. Eight fifteen, Doug. Mm-hmm. Uh, they actually used to do a shot of tequila. Oh, did they? And they would actually do the shot. They'd pour a shot and just really? both of them do a shot. Huh. It's well, good. It's a great summer beverage. Uh, Any time beverage. Te- yeah. Oh, for sure. But like, you know, a little tequila, club soda with a lime. Yeah. Taste. Oh, sure. Yeah, refreshing. I can't. I I passed out at a sorority party one time at Mizzou. Woke up in my underwear under a piano the next morning. Oh, gosh. <laughs> what do you suppose happened? Never again. Who knows? I could have been violated. I don't know. Never again have I had tequila. I haven't had tequila. You since. fell asleep in a sorority house? Yeah, there was a party. Which I sorority just... house was this? They had a party at a sorority house? Yeah. Those are pretty rare. Never, ha- never, ever, ever yeah. happened while I was there. Well, never, I'm ever. going back to the 80s. No, I'm just saying. Sounds, that's... Like, sounds like Jackson's three bit in your light. No, I'm saying, I'm just saying, like, when I was there, like, that would never even, come, like, we were we were allowed sometimes in, like, the foyer. Yeah, that was about and, and it. That, and then you couldn't yeah. even think about going anywhere else. You trash the fraternity houses, but oh, you yeah. do nothing in the sorority house. Well, all I know Last is try. I was dating a girl who was in a sorority, and it was their party, so it could have been in a fraternity house, and all the sorority girls came. I don't know. It was just... But you were under the piano. I didn't go to Mizzou, so I don't know what it was. With your U-trow. Yeah. And that's where you woke up. Yeah, and I had tequila that night, so never again. <laughs> well, that doesn't say a lot about our sponsor. I woke up at a... No. <laughs> I, if you drink, if you drink tequila, really 
If you drink tequila. <laughs> is that the price is right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying I don't drink tequila. Okay. I, I, well, I have, you have to drink responsibly no matter a, what it I is. I have a full head of hair. Now I'm taking shots. Now I'm taking shots. Me too. No, you have a great you have a great sponsor who's going to give you some hair. Mm -hmm. If I needed some, that's where I'd go. But I don't, so I wouldn't go there. If you don't need hair. This is well, like Tim Burkhardt, who is the Milagro oh. tequila buyer, just sent me a text. <laughs> Make good. Said, Mental note: Do not ask Iggy to do any Milagro reads. <laughs> Seems similar. Well, to I that. wouldn't. I wouldn't do that to Tim. I said, erection. look, I don't drink. I don't drink tequila, so I wouldn't do that for you, Tim. There's other other people here that drink tequila. That's why they're. I know our listeners do. Um, Responsibly. Yeah. So. I wouldn't do you any justice by doing your live spot because I don't. It is a nice hit, and it is experiencing a, a real surge in popularity. Uh, that is for sure. Milagro Tequila sponsor, the listener of the month. Glenn Betts is the official jeweler. Of TMA, I would go there, yes. Buy there you go. You guys know the Betts family. I know the Betts family. In business in St. Louis since 1941. And they're operated by the third and fourth generation of the Betts family. The Glenn Betts difference is you are served personally, not sold. Glenn Betts Jewelers develops relationships through generations of your family as well. They get to know your likes, your lifestyle, and who and what you love. The three L's. It's GlennBettsJewelers.com. That's G-L-E-N-N-B-E-T-Z Jewelers.com. Located one mile east to 270 on Manchester in De Pere. In the jewelry business, there is good, there is better, and then there is Betts. The Betts family passion for serving their customers has been passed down from generation to generation. It's Glenn Betts Jewelers, G-L-E-N-N-B-E-T-Z, Jewelers.com. The name of the game for this program is supporting the sponsors and support the official jeweler of TMA, and that is Glenn Betts Jewelers. Online at glenbetsjewelers.com. It's our 8 o'clock hour, and in this 8 o'clock hour, we will have the Munganass Daily Fantasy Sports Showdown. In the 9 o'clock hour, the Design Air Heating and Cooling email of the day, the morning after, at insidestl.com. That is how you can send your emails in and compete against all of the greats. Uh, did anybody watch the hearing yesterday in front of the... Uh, the committee on live golf and the PGA tour. I didn't know it was, I didn't even no. know it was on, but I wish it was I on. Yeah. I, I wish I would have known it. I would have watched it. It was a uh, great entertainment. It turns like, uh, they had a document from April that was, uh, titled best of both worlds in which, uh, Doug, you have to refer to Yasser Al-Ramayan as his eminency. Is that correct? I will. His, his, his okay. abbreviation is he, uh, as in capital H, capital E. I think that's what it is. Would that be what it is, His Eminency? I know you run in royal circles. I do. I run in royal, especially in, since my time in Monte Carlo, I met with a lot of heads of state. <laughs> I think it's His Eminence. Is that right? Eminent so. front? Well, either way, uh, one of the things that he requested was a membership to Augusta National. Yeah. Oh, he did. So, uh, yeah. So when my it? contract is up, I will be asking for memberships to Pine Valley, uh, Augusta. And uh, and then we'll we'll take a look at some courses overseas because I think he also asked to become a member of the Royal and Ancient. And Doug, I know you love that Royal and Ancient. I don't that like is the it. term nope. for uh, the highest order of golf in the United Kingdom. Yep. Yes, I'm sure Fred Ridley got a lot of emails from his the members chairman. yesterday. Yeah, chairman Fred, I, wherever he is. <laughs> Can we stop taking ourselves quite so seriously? I don't. I don't know. It's if all it's golf. And it's all golf does, dude. They take a, a sport and make it so elitist that you can't even like. 
Mm-hmm. You can't even call people Fred. You have to call him chairman. I'm the chairman. <laughs> I'm his eminence. Some of the things I saw, Tim, that uh, and I, I didn't know it was on or would have watched it. And all the things I'm reading, I'm, I don't know which, what's real and what's fake. Uh, I do know one of the reports is that they were going to oust Greg Norman as the commissioner. Uh, but I saw one with uh, Hawley. His, one of his questions was, he wanted all the PGA players to denounce something going on in China with concentration camps. Yeah, he didn't have a great day. I mean, you mean some the, of the, the NBA players? No, no the PGA players. Because that's the big NBA thing is to take millions from China. But this was a PGA thing. And Hawley said, I want all the PGA players, if you do this deal, to denounce the concentration camps in China. I said, well, what does that got to do with the PGA in Saudi Arabia? I mean, some of these politicians just get on there and it's just a platform. They know nothing about golf. They don't even probably didn't even read what was in front of them. And some of the questions they were throwing out were just ridiculous and made fools of themselves. Well, his point was no doubt the sports world takes millions from China. What's the difference in taking millions from China that or Saudi Arabia? That wasn't his point, no. His... Oh, I think it was. China's much worse than Saudi Arabia. Yeah, but this Saudi had nothing, this had nothing, to, do, this had nothing to do with China. Well, but the point is it's hypocritical to, to look the other way when China throws money at, at American sports and not Saudi Arabia. It's hypocritical. Yeah, all these politicians are certainly on the up and up, not taking any under-the-table money, so I'm appreciative of them bringing up all those issues. Yeah. Same sure. guy who probably has an iPhone. I mean, every, everybody, everyone everybody, because everybody puts money into China. Can we stop being so damn hypocritical, please? I'm sure. Not Ty- you, just in general. Can we just stop spouting from your ivory tower about how... You know, people shouldn't support China and all that. Like, and you support people support businesses that are shady as hell every single day. Can we just stop? People you damned on Prime yesterday. Like, let's just all just stop with the hypocrisy. Can we just get back to a normal golf tour? That's well, all. Well, if I want. you're gonna do that, then you then you should have no problem at all with Saudi Arabia money. I don't because I because I, I, I know the hypocrisy of all this is hilarious. Tim, couldn't you go the other way, too, and say that, uh, yeah, they're taking a billion dollars from Saudi Arabia and they have a terrible record on human rights and maybe they are just trying to to do good and, you know, yeah, sports washing, they want to want you to think that we're trying. Well, maybe they are. Do you ever think that maybe they are trying to do better and this could help? You're talking about the Saudi Arabian government? Yeah. Uh, I would approach that with skepticism. I certainly respect and admire your optimism, but for a government that has uh, had the track record it has had, you know, Jimmy Dunn went out of his way yesterday, and I thought it was a pretty powerful moment toward the tail end of it. Uh, You know, Jimmy Dunn, who was one of the people who negotiated this deal, perhaps next to a gentleman whose name I honestly hadn't heard of, until yesterday, and that's uh, Doug. You are a member of Roy- the Royal and Ancient, or that's you right. not? Are you, yeah, you are. Okay, so you know Roger Devlin, <laughs> who was communicating Raj. with, yeah, <laughs> who is communicating Raj. with uh, Yasser Al Ramayan, and said, "quote While the parties may appear far apart right now," Devlin wrote Jimmy Dunn on December eighth. I do believe there is a common desire among the leading players, and shared by His Excellency. So it's not His Eminence; oh, for it's His Excellency to bring the sport back together in time to impact the 2024 schedule. But Jimmy Dunn, uh, specifically, you know, was the head of a firm in which I think 68 people 
died on September 11th, and he has paid for those um, parents uh, who passed away their family's education going back over the past 22 years. And he said never has he held it against the Saudi people or anybody because of skin tone or because of uh, Islamic faith. Uh, but he said, I believe the punishment for anybody associated with that event should be death, period, uh, and went out of his way to pra praise the administrations responsible for, um, you know, the taking out Osama bin Laden. And his point being, that is something that affected him uh, more personally than, than the vast majority of the American population because he lost friends and coworkers that day. And his point being, uh, he separates the Saudi people from the Saudi government. And uh, he has a belief, perhaps similar to yours, Iggy, or perhaps it's forced his hand because of the money that they have, uh, that they are acting in good faith. Again, is that real or is that lip service because they have... 700 billion dollars to work with and the pga tour has 1.5 billion uh to work with so it kind of gives you an idea of what the PIF versus the pga tours yeah. chip stacks are and because of that i'm not sure the pga really in the long run had much of a choice they would have just been bled dry they would have had all their top players picked off eventually probably or at least most of them and, and what else could they do? They just had they just ran into a, a, a pile of money that they couldn't compete with. So Tim, and they were going to lose probably lose much of their much of their assets. Tim, you follow this more. So let's say the Senate hearings don't go well, and let's say they don't allow the merger to happen. So are we back to square one? There's a live tour and a PGA golf tour. If so. Don't you see just an influx of players going to live? Just because of how the thing had gone about, kind of the secret meetings with only like maybe Rory and Tiger and kind of not really knowing the full landscape, or do you see it kind of being the same to where, you know, the people. That, that's a, that's a, it truly is a great question because honestly, I came away from that yesterday. And I, and I want to make it clear I didn't sit and watch the entire thing, but I was. Uh, hanging around uh, late yesterday afternoon with my dad uh, here and in, in watching it and uh, and then reading there's a great uh, link on golfchannel.com detailing the hearings uh, and I thought my main takeaway was I'm not sure this thing is going to happen and whether that because of the government getting involved or because of the play keep in mind this still has to be approved by a player committee uh, not all of the players, but Rory McIlroy is a member of that committee, or it's a committee and there are players who are on that committee, I should say. So that's not a sure thing. Jimmy Dunn, by the way, acknowledged, and I'm paraphrasing here, that the rollout, which took place on June 6th, and we were on the air, and it was around 9 o'clock Central Time when that took place, uh, was uh, a disaster for lack of a better term. My theory on that was they thought it was going to get leaked and they rushed to the studios. I think they did that at CNBC and they rushed to do that to make sure that it didn't get leaked. Um, but, but, you know, I, I'm just not sure that this thing actually winds up going through. If you wanted to go on a meta play theory, it would be, okay, we will make an agreement with Liv and His Excellency Yasir Al-Ramayan 
And now we will have an agreement in which we say we are both dropping our legal cases against each other and then have an agreement all while knowing that the U.S. government will say no to the agreement and you can't go back and then litigate again because I think it was the legal fees that were playing the biggest role in their concerns. Oh, without a doubt. The, the other side of it, though, was top line, and that was you were increasing the payouts to players, but you were then going back to sponsors and asking them to pay more, and the sponsors are going, well, why would I pay more now because my event in Connecticut or right here uh, at Harbor Town became uh, a designated event when in the past, I mean, five years ago, Harbor Town was the week, it still is the week after the Masters, but you would usually get a pretty low tier field because the great players from the Masters didn't want to play back to back weeks. Now you have the Travelers as, a, as an elevated event. You have here at Harbor Town at the Heritage an elevated event. Well, RBC and Travelers probably don't want to, don't want to go, okay, we'll give you another $5 million for the sponsorship just because you're calling it an elevated event because you're panicked that players are going to move and play for live. Uh, so I don't know how the PGA Tour uh, holds off the live tour when it's all said and done. I have no idea what the long-term solution is to that should this agreement not go through for whatever reason, whether it be the Players Committee voting it down or the United States government saying it is uh, is not going to, to hold up. I don't know how the government gets... they get involved because the PGA is a nonprofit. I mean, I don't know how the government can tell you what you can take, who you can take money from. Well, PGA is well, that, that was uh, that was Senator Ron Johnson's contention yesterday. I think more of the, and I have zero interest, nor will I be getting into politics here. But overall, most of the Republicans on the committee yesterday were for the opportunity for them to negotiate uh, and do so in privately, like many business deals do. In this case, it went public, uh, but that was orchestrated. Uh, and uh, Richard Blumenthal, the senator from Connecticut, was, you know, the chairman and or is the chairman. And he expressed uh, a great deal of concern and a hope that the PGA Tour would not take the money. And the CFO or CEO yesterday said it would be upwards of a billion dollars, billion dollars from Saudi Arabia. This whole representation that the PGA Tour would still be in control when they're taking a billion dollars from right. Saudi Arabia. Now, listen, if the PGA Tour had a trillion dollars, then a billion dollars is a drop in the bucket. Again, we're all talking relatively. But if your entire asset portfolio is $1.5 billion and somebody's coming to the table with a billion dollars, you damn well better believe that the person with the billion dollars is going to have a voice. No doubt. So uh, any, any other thought process on that would be misleading and just candidly ridiculous. So I don't know how... Uh, after yesterday, anybody could think that Saudi Arabia would not have influence on this, if anybody did think that. I, I think it was kind of pitched that way, that, well, this isn't a merger, and it may not be by the letter of the law a merger, but uh, Saudi Arabia certainly is going to have influence. But there's hundreds of companies that, that take money and deal with Saudi Arabia from the United States and all over the world. I mean, I don't see the government getting involved with these companies that are taking money from Saudi Arabia and going into business with them. It's, it's an antitrust issue. That's the core issue. But I'm not going to act like I have a knowledge of antitrust law. So if you, you know, antitrust is there to prevent monopolies. And if the PGA Tour was uh, trying to reduce competition by penalizing people for going to live, that is really at the core of what the litigation was. 
And so that is why, uh, at least yesterday, I think, was more performance art and politicking than anything. But nonetheless, you did learn some things from the hearing yesterday if you watched. And, and again, kind of God help you if you sat around and watched the whole thing. But I happened to watch about an hour of it, and I, I follow it closely. And at it, 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 its core, it's about antitrust. Now, that's what it is publicly. I think the undercurrent is the Saudi element. But I think that was more Jane Monahan and anybody who was advising him going, oh, my God, we have no chance against this. Again, 700 plus billion in the public investment fund of Saudi Arabia versus our 1.5 billion. We've got no chance. Our only Hail Mary is to throw up the families of September 11th, which I thought was grotesque. I thought that was grotesque in the moment. Uh, to use them like pawns, much less now a year later where you do an agreement with with uh, Saudi Arabia. If you truly did feel that way, that shows that they were just used as pawns, and that's one of the most visceral reactions you can have to an event in recent American history, and to utilize those people like that for your business purposes I thought was gross. So now that they're backed into a corner, they're going, holy crap, we have no other alternatives other than to deal with them because we can't afford to litigate, even though they were winning uh, the legal fight, they they can't compete with somebody with 700 times the the portfolio that they have, and I think that's how it wound up getting getting quote unquote done. But again, I want to emphasize it and done. I, I guess the risk is Saudi Arabia buying up uh, you know other other teams and Absolutely. other sports and just yeah. taking control of American sports. That is what. That's why that thing to me was so. I was, I don't, I don't want to say, I, I was really down about that, not because of, because it wasn't about live. I mean, live, if anybody wants to say live has worked, live, they, you know, I, I would respectfully disagree on that. It's about the Saudi, but it's about money. Whoever has the most money wins the game. That's it. That's not just sports. That's, yeah. that's business. Uh, but, but what you just said, Doug, is, is this the beginning of Saudi Arabia? I mean, this is something that, that, EPL fans had to come to terms with a few years ago uh, is, you know, complain about take your pick of whatever sports owner locally, it certainly would be Bill DeWitt, but at least he is somebody who is here uh, and you had a run of success for a large period of time uh, and investment in downtown St. Louis, wise or otherwise, doesn't matter. It absolutely took place, and they funded, if I'm not mistaken, 78% of that new stadium, relatively speaking, new, uh, as opposed to just the PIF buying up sports teams and athletes. Uh, that is, you know, that is that that's the thing that that brought my spirits down. Yeah, potentially uh, when that, that could, announcement took place. Yeah. What if somebody comes and says, "Hey, Mr. Dewitt, we'll give you 15 billion dollars for the Cardinals." Right. That's the What's thing. he supposed to do? And it's not just sports. I love we got that. China buying up farmland all I over the United States agent. and and much of it right next to military bases. What do you do in a free country? It's it's hard to stop it. Right. And I mean, it can happen quickly. 2 or 3 years ago, Saudi Arabia for major sports around the world wasn't that big and then two and a half, three years, they have a EPL team of their own who's now in the Champions League, and they've heavily invested, as of right now, into the PGA Tour, into yeah. into world golf. And so. they bought a share of the, of the Washington Capitals and the Mystics, yeah. and don't a, a small the, share. The soccer, I don't know if that's the PIF or whatever, but they're buying players left and right, giving them $100 million a year contracts to go right. play in, in the, the Saudi, Saudi Arabia as well. League, now yeah. I don't know if that's the same entity. That's who they were going after Messi. Yeah. yeah. They yeah, got Ronaldo. Exactly. They paid Ronaldo mm-hmm. like half a billion dollars, so it's it's it can happen very quickly. Well, if they, if they all... 
like quadrupled our salaries? Would we go to Riyadh and do this HD2 radio yes, show Yes, but there? then I, I would also paint it as I just left because I, I just got paid a ton of money. I think I'm with Iggy with live players were bashed because nobody ever said they did it for money. They did it to grow a game that was Harold false. Harold Varner sure oh, did. Varner no, yeah. you know, was honest. Yeah, so yeah. if somebody wants to pay me four times, I'll make sure to go, hey, I'm moving because... It would know, probably take more than four at. times, right? It yeah, take, to move to Saudi? If they gave us all a million a year to do this, would you move to Saudi Arabia for a, a couple of years? Yeah. I'd try to negotiate. Do they have fries? I'd try to negotiate 2.35. Come in. See what they can. All of my negotiations now start and stop with a membership at Augusta. Yeah. <laughs> you can talk to my representation. That's Thank right, you. your MNC. <laughs> You're welcome to give your thoughts. 314-881-MA5. That is the EDF Group text inbox. And you are also welcome to email in for our design, air, heating, and cooling. Email of the day, the morning after at InsideSTL.com. Uh, coming up next Thursday, we are going to have a couple of representatives from the Illinois Recovery Center in studio with us, I think at about 9.05, and I am looking forward to this conversation. Uh, new sponsor here on TMA, but a new facility in the St. Louis area, which I think, uh, and I know a number of uh, our listeners think, is a great great thing and eye-opening really with uh, the lack of supply in the area for people who are dealing with substance abuse. Illinois Recovery Center is the new premier inpatient substance abuse facility and it's located in Swansea, Illinois. When it comes to the disease of addiction, getting help should not be as difficult as it currently is. The Illinois Recovery Center's mission is to be the receiving hand of the community when someone seeks help. The IRC delivers a comprehensive system of care that welcomes both the individual struggling and family alike. If you or someone you know wants to learn about the Illinois Recovery Center, please call 888-472-9559 or email info at IllinoisRecoveryCenter.com. It's the Illinois Recovery Center. If you want to see your game improve, the short game is the place where you will see it. And you can do that now with Clubhouse Turf. That's St. Louis's exclusive partner of Celebrity Greens. Celebrity Greens has built a short game area in the backyard of John Rahm's home, in the backyard of Max Homa's home, and they can do it in the backyard of your home. Now call Clubhouse Turf or go online at clubhouseturf.com. And see for yourself what they can do, whether it be a putting green, whether it be bunkers, an area to chip, an area to pitch. They can do it for you, and they are the ones who are the exclusive partner of Celebrity Greens, the company that has built uh, these greens and uh, green complexes for PGA Tour players. 314-834-2339. That is the phone number, 314-834-2339. Or visit clubhouseturf.com and let them know you are a TMA listener. It is Clubhouse Turf. Uh, Doug, would you like to tell the people about uh, Ryan Kelly? Because I've got him as our title sponsor for a decade. That's who he is. You know, before the show, Plowsy and I was talking about how, how difficult it is for the younger generation to get into the housing market right now. As, as high as prices are, it's hard to come up with the down payment with housing prices so high. It is a daunting task in this market. Inventory is near record lows. Prices are near record highs. It's not a good combo. Still, homes are going quick, so you need to be ready if you are in the market. Don't miss out on your dream home. Let Ryan and the Home Loan Experts help you get a leg up on the competition, make the process of buying a home fun and less stressful. The Home Loan Expert and Ryan Kelly can pre-approve you the day you call in and get you a 10-day closing guarantee. Realtors who accept offers like that love that. If you're even considering buying a new home, call Ryan Kelly and the Home Loan Expert team. Let them educate you and don't miss out on your dream home and let them show you how you can get started and get into the housing market. It all starts with a call to the Home Loan Experts and the website, of course, thehomeloanexpert.com.
Get your home with Jeff Lottman. Go to J-E-F-F-L-O-T-T-M-A-N-N.com. That's Jeff Lottman, who is with Compass Realty St. Louis. He's been selling homes and helping buyers in the St. Louis area for 22 years. Jeff Lottman of Lottman Realty, and he is with Compass Realty. He is a loyal TMA listener, and he will help you, whether you're looking to buy a home or sell a home right now with the home market as it is, it is super important to have somebody who might be hip to a home sale before it actually hits the market. That's where Jeff's experience and connections come into play. It's jefflotman.com, J-E-F-F-L-O-T-T-M-A-N-N.com, just featured in the Wall Street Journal for selling the most expensive home in St. Louis. He never turns down a referral no matter the price, so don't get caught up in the Wall Street Journal thing. He's not just selling homes that are worth millions and millions of dollars. Luxury is much more about the experience than the price. They treat all their clients the same way. At Jeff Lottman Realty, go to J-E-F-F-L-O-T-T-M-A-N-N.com. That's J-E-F-F-L-O-T-T-M-A-N-N.com. That was nice. Really nice. I thought nice. we were, I was right fun. there with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was fun. It was fun. It was fun. It was, it was a good time. Mr. Lick says, why does it matter if they, as in the Saudis, own a team? Why do you care? They wouldn't be allowed to buy all NFL teams, so why is there so much pearl clutching going on? I don't know if there's pearl clutching. I don't think I've ever clutched pearls. I shoot them. I don't have But I don't clutch them. Oh. But uh, to me, it's not about that. I mean, I, I recall, boy, what a great day in St. Louis latent racism. Uh, the day that it was announced that Shad Khan was going to buy the St. Louis Rams and the heirs and heiresses of Georgia Frontier's estate. What a big day that was for St. Louis racism. Uh, and if you could go back, would you like to have Shad Khan or Stan Kroenke Shad uh, Khan. be the owner? You would. Okay. That was a, that was a that was a fun fun time. I remember listening to radio that day. Uh, it was like the comment section came to life. But uh, this has nothing to do with ethnicity or religion. I couldn't care any less about that stuff. I mean, it's not like I'm a real religious person. What my observation is, is uh, it, it's the same thing if you want to have the conversation about China. It is, to me, holding up the, the mirror to uh, the potential decline of America's place in the world if we are getting bought out. Doug, it's like Mo Green right before he was shot through the eye. Spoiler alert. Right. Uh, you, don't, you don't buy me out. I buy you out. That's right. And then he made a reference to cheerleaders, if I'm not mistaken. He did. Uh, oh, is that right? Well, yeah. So he that, was making so that's, his bones. That's, how he, that's mm-hmm. right, making his bones. Yeah. That's exactly right. So that's, that's how I – that's the lens through which it brought me down. I couldn't care less. But if you have uh, – whether it be take your pick of whomever outside of uh, the United States uh, being able to come in and dictate policy – for American sports teams, which are synonymous for many Americans with American culture, uh, that to me would be unfortunate. So that's where I'm coming from. Right, and I also think that there's a difference between an individual billionaire group of very rich people, American or otherwise, buying a team and the public investment fund, which is an extension of the Saudi government buying a team. I think there's a big difference in that. Now you're being, now you have governmental influence in there, not just individual influence in there. And obviously the lines are blurred with the way money dictates power, but I think there is a difference there. Yeah, I, I'm sure there's there's probably no shortage of uh, oil-rich billionaires in Saudi Arabia who could step up individually and do it too. For sure, but this is the public investment fund, totally different thing. Yeah. Piff. 
Indeed. <laughs> have, have we actually seen Jay Monahan since his sickness? I'm being half I think serious. He, I think he was he there. He was like, back early last. He has I, made the, an appearance. Come he, back next week. No, I don't know about an appearance unless you guys have seen it. I know he issued I a seen statement him. last right, week. That's what I saw. But, has anybody seen him? No, I, so I saw at the very, statement. At the very end yesterday. Uh, uh, I apologize. I have ants crawling all over me, which is oh, oh no. And uh, it is a wildlife community out here. But uh, at the very end of the uh, hearing yesterday, Senator Blumenthal asked uh, Jimmy Dunn and uh, the CEO, and I can't recall his name if anybody has that in front of them, but uh, if the uh, other members who they asked to testify would appear because Blumenthal said we're going to continue to look into this. And Dunn goes, oh, you mean Yasser? Uh, Sure. Which will be, that'll be real interesting. I think he already uh, declined. Well, I know. That's the whole thing. That's why you just had Dunn and the CEO yesterday. And Monaghan. And Dunn, you know, kind of stumbled over it. And I and I respect Jimmy Dunn. That's not, a, that's not a criticism of him. I think he was just in a spot like, oh, crap, I got to speak for Jay Monaghan. And I'm not sure Jay Monaghan wants anything to do with testifying in front of the Senate committee. But that is what Blumenthal is essentially, I think that was the final question at the end of the hearing yesterday. So that would certainly require him uh, on his own will to be there. But rarely have uh, appearances in front of Senate committees gone, gone well for, for sports figures. You can picture Rafael Palmero uh, pointing in 2005. I did not do steroids and Mark yeah. McGuire and uh, Roger Clemens misremembered here. some uh, things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, I would imagine Jay Monahan would, uh, would, would prefer to not make that appearance. Oh, I, the fact that we haven't seen him. Yeah, well, I, you don't know. I mean, he did say he had a medical thing. So very timely again. Yeah. I, I think it was a very timely medical situation that happens right but in the said, heart of this year. Back next week. I, I I don't know. That's just a weird thing that he he has disappeared. <laughs> like, well, I mean, I, I am I'm asking sincerely. Did you guys uh, read his statement? I no, did I, did not, I, did, statement? I did not. Okay, I did not. Right. I did not. I did not. He acknowledged that uh, it was his medical issue was uh, in part due to the stress of the last couple of years. So I think that was a okay. uh, a way of saying it was a, a mental health situation which certainly would make sense mm-hmm. uh, and I think that's what most people probably thought right when that happened or they were going to just remove him because they were so pissed I think that yesterday was enlightening I would imagine and I think probably a lot of the vitriol has calmed since what was a terrible rollout of this uh, ceasefire because I wouldn't really call it an agreement so much as a legal ceasefire because I think now more and more people are aware of what the PGA Tour is and was up against. Um, and I think they, as opposed to being transparent out of the gate, made the mistake of their only way to try to keep the Saudi piff away was by using September 11th. And when it got down to it, that just did not resonate with uh, as many Americans as I think they hoped, and it certainly didn't really resonate with as many players as they had hoped because they kept worrying about players leaving, and as more players left, uh, they kept dealing with top-line issues. The sponsors did not want to increase their their spends, uh, which meant the PGA Tour was now dealing with a deficit because they had increased payouts, 
and they were dealing with the deficit because they were dealing with uh, increased legal fees from the litigation, both in defense and also going after uh, Live Golf. So they were, and still might be, in a really bad financial position because if Saudi Arabia wants to come in with that money, I don't know what the PGA Tour is going to be able to defend. Again, they have essentially 700 times the assets. Yeah. In, 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 in one way, I look at all this and I think, you know, we've got so many huge problems in this country right now with runaway inflation and rampant homelessness and crime in our cities, illegal immigration by the millions to the southern border. We've got a military buildup in China still involved in a war in Ukraine. And our senators are worried about how many millions of dollars the golfers are going to make. <laughs> it is weird. Uh, they're involved. Well, in, uh, in, in response to that, uh, the concern is that the future PIF could lean on the news arms of CBS, ABC, Fox, or whomever, and has the big money-making live golf coverage contracts to not report much on something like a future MBS Jamal Khashoggi-type incident. Uh, just like the ESPN never covered in appropriate detail the Rams relocation of the NFL TV contracts. That is from the Kansas City Gray sexual. Yeah, I think people are already pretty skeptical skeptical about what they see on the news yeah. these days. Yeah. What gets reported and what doesn't get reported. That's already a, you know, tell me what the political leanings of the network and I'll tell you what gets reported and what doesn't. It's no doubt. But yeah, I think that that, just that alone, but I think that, you know, could really multiply if there is that influence coming from even further external factors. I want to mention this, and it does tie into what we're talking about, because it has to do with live, it has to do with mental health that uh, Jay Monahan was talking about. <clears throat> Tim, I don't know if you saw it last week. It was in Sports Illustrated where Brooks Kepka basically just called Matthew Wolf a quitter. Uh, he was going off on him for saying, you know, here's a guy on our team. I don't know how we can get any continuity. Here's a guy that doesn't show up for events. He quits him. He breaks clubs. Uh, he's not trying. Um, you know, he's got talent. He's just wasted it. I don't know if I can go on with this guy. I mean, Matthew, yes, Wo I am. Matthew I'm, Wolf I'm, has dealt I'm, with mental health issues for two years where I actually walked away from the tour for a period of time. And to do that without talking to him and basically call him a quitter in an article when you know what he's dealing with. I mean, I lost all respect for Brooks Kepka, and I liked Brooks Kepka uh, before that. I lost all respect for him when he came out with that article. Uh, he said, I mean, when you quit on your round, you give up and stuff like that. That's not competing. I'm not a big fan of that. You don't work hard. It's very tough to have a team dynamic when you've got one guy who won't work. One guy is not going to give any effort. He's going to quit on the course, break clubs, gets down, bad body language. It's very tough. I've basically given up on him a lot of talent, but I mean the talent is wasted. Uh, Matthew Wolf responded to that by saying, I read the SI interview with our captain, Brooks Kepka, and it was beyond disappointing to me. When I chose to join his team in 2023, I did so with much optimism about my new home as part of Team Smash, and equally as important the chance to be around and learn from a player of Brooks's stature. Like everyone who's played the game at the highest level, I've had competitive moments in the past that I feel I've let myself down and even others in our new team environment. 
This has been quite difficult for me. My challenges on and off the golf course with my mental health have been well documented. I deal with those challenges every day. While my 2023 season's not been all I'd hoped for to this point, I've made positive strides in managing my life and feel my game is turning for the positive. To hear through the media that our team leader has given up on me is heartbreaking. It's not what a team member looks to hear from its leader, and I think we all know these comments should have been handled much differently. Uh, that is Matthew Wolf on Brooks Kepka. Uh, and that is also uh, Tyler O'Neill on Ali Marmol, I believe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think. I mean, you just, you just don't. That's just not how you handle a situation right. when you're talking about somebody's effort. I right. mean, my opinion. I mean, hey, you know, if that's, that's that honestly from Brooks Kepka, it doesn't surprise me. That's, yeah, that's the thing. That, it's that, like that, that that would be that would be if somebody was going to do that on the PGA Tour, it'd probably be Brooks Kepka. Right. He speaks so off the cuff that sometimes things like that, he might not even like intend for it to be, but he just speaks so honestly, which is and parts refreshing. Other parts, it's like, well, you could tell that to Matthew Wolf yourself and then have like a real discussion, but you're doing this through the media. It's almost like reality TV, and it's it's just not what you want to see. But again, I mean, the team dynamic of Liv is so silly, and this is like a prime example of it. I, obviously, you know, this is a outlier, but it's ridiculous to have team golf outside of like the Ryder Cup or Presidents Cup. It might have been. Yeah. I don't know. I enjoy it. Some people like some things. Doug. Some people don't like other things. I don't know if you watched it Sunday. Matthew Wolf, or not Matthew Wolf, um, Cam Smith had a. Uh, two-shot lead going to the last hole. But his team was tied with the four aces. So he can make a bogey and still win the tournament, but he's got to make a birdie for his team to win. Guess what he did, Doug? Par. (laughs) Made a bogey, won the tournament, but he missed a four-foot putt for his team to go to a playoff. Okay. So he cost his. Uh, he thrilling. Cost, he People cost, are still talking about that. That yeah. missed putt cost. Yeah, uh, absolutely thrilling. That missed putt cost him and his team four hundred thousand dollars a piece. Well, I'm sure he didn't miss on purpose. Just so no. He... And if you look, I know it could have been all theatrics for TV. I don't know. But when he missed the putt, even though he knew he had a one incher to win the tournament, he put his hands in his head and bent over. He knew he missed that putt for his team. Okay. So there are some team aspects that they care about winning for the team. He was oh, upset, yeah, sure. even though he just won four million dollars. Yeah. He lost for his team. Okay. Pressure. Yeah. I'm just sick and tired of seeing a half-ass moves the needle very much for the average American sports fan. I think it's annoying for golf to have kind of half-ass leaderboards on PGA Tour and kind of half-ass leaderboards on the Live Golf. I just wish they'd all play in the same damn tournaments. I'm sick of just waiting for majors to see all the best players. Like, that's the most frustrating part about this. And I like that. We have created to kind of break up the monopoly and get the players what they want, more money, more events. But right now at this point, the PGA Tour, like, just the Barracuda, these events that are happening right now are just so miserable. Well, and... stop watching and start watching the Cardinal <laughs> come back to win this division. Oh, yeah. I'd rather I watch PGA all day than Cardinal. I just don't you like. You'd rather watch golf than the Cardinals? I just don't like when you turn on PGA, look at the leaderboard, and it's like, eh, and you turn on Liv, it's like, eh. I just wish they would all just come together again. So I hope it does happen. I hope the murder eventually happens. I don't know. There was some good golf on Liv Sunday. You had I Reed up there. You had uh, Cam Smith. You had Dustin Johnson was up there. I think their play has just been good right now, at this point, right now. In terms of top 25, the top 25, I feel like Liv is up there. They did so and they up. will once they get John Rahm, especially if this merger doesn't go through. I have, a, I have a feeling John Rahm's about to be a Liv golfer. So that'll help him for sure. 
Do you think Liv's going to, if they merge, I don't know what happens. Go through, do you think Liv is going to stick around? If it, no, I'm surprised. saying if the merger doesn't go through. It doesn't. Okay, yeah, gotcha. if it does, then I, I don't know what happens to Liv. I'm not. Well, they have a problem in the PGA as far as telling their players what's going on. I mean, they, oh, yeah. I mean, they already have Rory, and one of the things they said they're going to do, Rory and Tiger, Tiger. were going to own a Liv team. They're going to play in 10 events each. Rory and Tiger had no idea of that. And you really think Tiger's going to play 10 events next year? I mean, come on. You stupid. Yeah, and Sh- I think Scheffler came out the other day or yesterday to talk about how confusing it is because the players aren't informed by any of this. So they're kind of watching. The- it's weird that they're just like us. They're watching these hearings play out and kind of knowing their fate through the TV as opposed to, like, you know, having their player directors and people in charge kind of telling them what the – It's that's odd to me that the players are so in the dark on a player-friendly, player-run tour. Now, why'd you put that in air quotes? Well, you because this, that's what they... The that, that's thing with that's your fingers. What they, it's like the student-athlete version of, like, college oh, athletic okay. and kind of what the, yeah. what the player run league... Well, you get to see him next week as they're off to Carnoustie. And now it's on to Carnoustie. Is that where they're going? <laughs> Royal Liverpool. Oh, that's not as good as Carnoustie. Yeah, Doug, you're a Carnoustie guy. And always, yeah. Uh, but I'd email like in your thoughts Carnoustie. on Carnoustie uh, the morning after at InsideSTL.com. Oh, there's... Can you see it? There's a guy hitting a ball. I think... Oh, you can see it, maybe... Doug, he just didn't get this one off the tee. Can you guys see it on I, the YouTube? I, I, no, I, I can't see the watching, outline. But I'll get Tim, there. can you, you see the outline? Can you yell four right after he hits it? <laughs> Do it. He's, he's not happy. He's not happy with it. He's got about 210 yards into this part four from where we are. And hybrid he's season. Very, yeah, I think it was hybrid season based on the outline of the club. I could see, Doug, and, and that means this foliage must have must have knocked his ball down. He just wasn't able to negotiate these tight fairways here. So I will keep you abreast. I'll update you tomorrow, actually, on how he performs. But uh, I'm right. going to shut it down and return to vocation to have a Sunda. Uh, and uh, the 9 o'clock hour uh, will uh, will take place here momentarily. Jackson, you are not on balloon party today. It's Chris Kerber again, am I correct? Indeed, indeed, Tim. Uh, so, Chris Kerber. Oh, what's that, Plow? I said they must really not like the producer podcast. I loved it. <laughs> well, thank I, you. I, I liked it. Thank you. Yeah, it was fun. I like doing it. It's not like I'm not. I'm pro producer pride. I'm pro producer podcast. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, I actually well, went back and listened, and I never. No offense. I just never go back and podcast. Well, you're not our target audience. Right. Probably not. Not we, uh, even. Got to give the kids a chance. I mean, when we uh, came over to five ninety, give the kids a chance. When we came over to five ninety before Tim uh, came in for a very short period of time, ran the place. Um, I was hired. <laughs> To do a show with uh, Ramsey. Paul Hawk, I would have used air quotes right there, too. <laughs> yeah. I, I just figured yeah. those were already <laughs> embedded well, into that. I was getting paid at the time uh, with Ramsey and Vernetti. And then we ended up doing a show with me, Brendan Schaefer, Rocchio, and God, one other person. I always forget who it was. Is that Darnell Coles, wasn't it? Brian Hoffman. Kingsley. No, he was. Brian a, Huffman. He was a board up at the time. I forgot his name, but we did a show. That guy that filled Ernie. in for Plowsy for like two days. Lucas? And was told oh, to Lucas. Spin. No, Ernie no, Bjorkman? no. Yeah, he, Lucas couldn't have <laughs> yeah. waited to get out of there. Yeah, kind of like a goatee that hung down a little bit. Sveta? Uh, goatee Rokas? that hung down. Sveta uh, Al Roboski? No. Who was this guy? I can't I can't remember his name. What are his initials? I, <laughs> was it yeah. uh, our favorite otter, Kyle Tipton? No. Oh, uh, David Solomon. But anyway, I see this come up all the time. <laughs> on my, I see this come up all the oh, time on my memories. Uh, and it came up the other day. It said, Behind the Glass show today, J.B. Smoove joins us. Oh, that's a great guest. Oh, J.B. Yeah, we got some nice. guests on that show. I loved it. But it was that. fun. I mean, I was the old guy on the show, but Schaefer was young. Rocky was young. The other yeah. guy. And we called it Behind the Glass. Coles. Who was the other Behind guy? Behind the Glass, Doug. 
I can't think of his name. What do you look like? I just explained it to you. Kind of dark hair. He had kind of a goatee that was a little long. Nice guy. Producer Joe. Ringo Starr? No, yeah, could have been Ringo. <sighs> we power ranked uh, sports trophies on uh, the producer show on uh, Monday. And you think that's why Kerber's doing the rest of the week? Maybe. Yeah. I, I brought it up out of nowhere. Cause <laughs> Stanley Wim- Cup win, of course. Yeah, of course. Wimbledon was up on the TV, and the, one of the ladies, the single lady trophy is uh, like a plate. It's like a big dish. Yeah. Oh, those are the I'm, best I'm ones. really into it. I was like, those where are you guys at ones. on this Wimbledon trophy? I think they're really great. And then that led to a sports This is something you could probably use. Right, right. Like a that's charcuterie a, board almost. That's, that's what I'm saying. Wow. Like the the trophy you should imagine. be like multi-purpose, like the cup you can drink out of, or this this dish at Wimbledon could be used you yeah. know, for cool pictures and stuff. I was like, you know, the days of just a, a big hunk of metal got to be trophy. over. Yeah. They get their prize fund. Is it exactly as the men's? I think that was a big thing for a while. They wanted to equal pay as the men. They wanted their first place. Well, they should, because in tennis, women's is just as exciting to watch as men's. It is, but they that's shouldn't in, in that tournament because the men are playing a best of five and the women are playing a best of three so the men are playing more matches uh you guys are going to be able to carry that uh, discussion over <laughs> on uh, women's okay. tennis uh in the nine o'clock hour i'm going to shut it down i will tell people about andrea's we have andrea's here with us we brought it down that's how much we love the barbecue sauce and of course the steakhouse and the steak sauce that's andreas.com if you want to experience why uh i am such a fan of the barbecue sauce Andreas.com. You can get it in Schnooks and Deerbergs. It's Andreas Steakhouse Steak Sauce and Barbecue Sauce. Uh, Nine o'clock hour on its way next. I will shut it down and I'll be with you guys whenever uh, tomorrow. Back in studio on Monday. Uh, More of the Ryan Kelly Morning After from the Michelob Ultra Studios coming up.